Kate Mary! You binge watch your average Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Today's episode of Gotta Be Done is recorded on the Wurundjeri lands of the Kulin Nation in Melbourne. We pay our respects to elders past and present and any First Nations people who are listening and loving Bluey. Hello. It has got to be done. It is Mary in the wagon today without Kate, but with a very exciting lineup. Um, I'm joined by three researchers in the psychology and child development space, uh, all coming out of uh, the US of A, where they've heard of Bluey, and there's a very good reason to be chatting to them. Uh, welcome to Got to Be Done. Aria Gaston Pantheki, who's research coordinator at Harvard Stress and Development Lab. Um, Doug Piper is a psychology PhD student at Georgetown University. He's previously worked on the Playful Learning Landscapes Action Network. Uh, can't wait to hear more about that. And that's as part of the Temple Infant and Child Laboratory. And uh, Dr. Molly Scott. We love welcoming Dr. Ladies to the wagon. Uh, she is uh, the Associate Director of Active Playful Learning Project, which is an initiative funded by Lego. Uh, so what a combination of jobs. I think in short, it sounds like you were all absolutely designed to be talking about Bluey. So you've absolutely come to the right place. Welcome. <laughs> we're so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so uh, Molly, Doug and Aria. Um, we all connected earlier this year when the three of you published research on what Bluey is teaching kids and also parents uh, about play and creativity. And it's, you know, so in your in your space of what you're researching and innovating every day. And it's a really like the piece on the conversation is just so brilliant and helpful and congratulations. Um We'll get to that, but I'd love to hear first, how did each of you all the way over in the US first find Bluey? I'll go first. So I had a friend, this was during the pandemic, so it was um, probably April of 2020, and they said, you know, my niece and nephew, they're twins, they were probably two at the time, Okay, so pretty pretty young, are watching this show called Bluey. And I said, I don't know. I've never heard of that. And I'm in the child development space. So I've heard of almost <laughs> all the children's shows. Wow. And I said, what is this? And and he said, oh, it's this, it's this really, really cute show about um, these Australian dogs. And I said, that sounds bizarre, but okay. And he said, no, you have to watch this show. You don't understand. <sighs> and I said, okay, well, you know, whatever. So then I, I actually got to it. Uh, it took me two years to get to it, but I got to it in August of 2022. And I don't know what had me watch it, but I started watching it on Disney plus here in the States and I was hooked and I binge watched every episode they had in probably a week. And I said, I need more bluey content. So I went to the podcasts app and your podcast was the first to come up. <laughs> yes. And then I binge listened to it's gotta be done for about two months to, until I got through every episode. Uh, <laughs> so that's Molly, how I got to uh, it. That's great, babe. <laughs> Police! That is so lovely to know, and I'm so glad you made it there eventually. I reckon that's such a common story, kind of finding Bluey through 
nibblings. Um, and yeah, obviously your niece and nephew would be a bit older now, still loving Bluey, I'm hoping. Right. I, you know, that was my, that was a friend's niece and nephew. It was oh, like, a, it was like a chain. It was like oh, a chain. Okay. I, oh, I'm sure though, because now I have lots of friends who have children mm-hmm. and I, one of my best friends just, she dressed up as Chili for Halloween two days ago. So yes, all of my friends know. And, Queen and are, I love it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So what about you, Aria? Yeah, actually. So I am someone who really wants to go into um, children's TV and movies um, because I think that it's something that can really affect how kids see the world and how they grow up. And I watch a lot of children's TV, what is considered quote unquote children's TV. So Amphibia, Owl House, um, lots of different kinds of shows, Steven Universe that do have those like really beautiful messages. And online, everyone who seemed to love those shows that I adore were also starting to talk about Bluey. And I was so shocked because it does look like, you know, seven minute episodes. It does seem very much not even geared towards elementary school kids. It seems more geared towards, you know, very young kids. Exactly. Preschool. Um, But I started watching it and immediately fell in love. I think that there's something that is really powerful about bluey for people who don't even have kids I've actually started recommending it to a lot of you know my 20 something year old friends and there's something whether that's like we are seeing what our parenting could have been whether we're (laughs) seeing um how different adults interact with children or just Sometimes you watch shows and there's so much blood and gore and just this heaviness to it. There's this beautiful lightness to Bluey that Mm. I think that a lot of people need nowadays. And that's why people that I start having watched, they're like, I don't know about it. And then they get into it and they're like, I watch Bluey every night to help me go to sleep. (laughs) Oh, yeah, completely. It's the ultimate wind down. But I love that perspective you're bringing of, you know, how kids kids media shapes us as well because I guess that's something I'd never really considered and now obviously I'm obsessed with it and talk about it constantly um was there a kids show that kind of twigged that for you that influenced your childhood and is it anywhere near as good as Bluey (laughs) (laughs) well just as good but with different goals in mind I think cyber chase growing up was something that I really loved um especially not only was it was more diverse than a lot of the shows that I was watching at the time too. And it was very cool to see just a bunch of kids learning math, I guess. Okay. I think that what also inspired it for me was my parents actually didn't allow me to watch Nickelodeon or Disney channel or Cartoon Network growing up because those channels were created just to sell children's toys. Yes. Um, And I think that from a very young age, because I asked, I was like, why am I not watching these shows? And my parents were like, well, they're just trying to sell you, trying to sell you toys. They don't have your best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I grew up as a total PBS kid. (laughs) Well, it's obviously paid dividends. Okay. (laughs) What about you, Doug? (laughs) Can you remember your first Bluey moment? 
I sure can. Like a lot of things, I think I came a little bit late to Bluey, but it's also because I came late to TikTok, which is actually where I was uh, first exposed to okay. Bluey. Seeing tons of clips from the show, seeing all of you know Bandit's you know tomfoolery and his you know game playing and his deep commitment to the play. Um, and then I heard Molly and one of our former lab coordinators at Temple, um, Emily, they were talking about Bluey. They dressed up as Bluey, I think, last year in Bingo for Halloween. And I said, oh, I'll have to watch it. And then I saw Sleepy Time. Mom, I want to do a big girl sleep tonight. I'll wake up in my own bed. You do your best, honey. But remember, I'm always here if you need me. Okay, three dreams. That was my first episode, and I was hooked. Whoa, that is that is a deep place to start. Uh, it was incredible. Good choice. And I, yeah, I studied music in college as well, so the connection with you know Holst there, it was just grabbed me, and I haven't let go since. Okay, well, I reckon you guys really show kind of the, the breadth of ways people can arrive at Bluey and connect to it. Um, but let's get to... The intended audience, not just all our spring-ins, the kids. When you kind of wrote this piece, um, you've ended up highlighting kind of five ways that Bluey inspires playful learning. I'll run through the list because it's just such a great list. Support children's creativity, use everyday materials for play, help kids process emotions through play, promote multi-generational relationships and foster self-regulation now I've read that because I just know our listeners will be taking that as a challenge they're just going ding 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 I know which episodes that happens in (laughs) but let's deep dive the list does anyone have a favorite on that list that they really want to get into so I um particularly was interested in the processing emotions through play um, and my my work focuses on children's learning through play I mean all of us all of us here you know focus on that mine is um, Doug will talk about his specialty kind of and Aria will talk about theirs but um, when I was an undergrad I worked with a woman named Dr. Tova Klein and she studied attachment and her work was about um children's attachment and how they learn through play. And we Mm -hmm. learn a lot of socio-emotional skills through play early on in life. Um, And we, we even learn some like pre, what we'll call pre-academic skills. We learn language skills. We even learn math skills through play. Um, And what I saw in Bluey was something that I had never seen before in children's media, which was um, they we're able to show that children process everyday traumas. Obviously, there are children in the world who unfortunately have to experience war um, and violence, and you will see evidence of them processing that through play. Doug sent me something recently on Twitter showing children in the Middle East literally using some Lego sets to process what they were seeing. So it's oh. a natural a natural phenomenon children will, will use to process what they're feeling and seeing in the world. But in... Um, copycat in particular is the episode I had in mind when I when I wrote my section of the piece um, and at first copycat you think it's going to be a really lighthearted episode where it's just Bluey kind of copying dad and then they stumble across this little budgie um, and we've, we've all seen the episode so I, I won't go into it but what we see is what happens at the vet and we see Bluey copy every single element of that vet visit there you go little mate You'll be nice and toasty in here. Now let's get you to the vet. 
and she's in the car with dad on the way home and you can see her kind of her her what's going on in her head and she says dad i don't want the budgie to have died and when bluey says that i said you know that's we would all say that right that that's a basic feeling of i don't want this to have happened and it doesn't feel good and you go and you watch her play with bingo and she acts the whole thing out and that's how she processes it and mm. you'll see kids every day doing that through all sorts of situations and so when i saw that episode i said this we have to write something because this is unbelievable i think a cat beat this fella up oh goodness come here take a seat i'll take him to see our vet good luck little mate I hope the poor little budgie's okay. I'm pretty sure he won't be. That's yeah, and I think that's such a good example, Molly. But also, I think you'd be hard pressed to find an episode of Bluey that isn't about processing emotions through play as well. And what one of the things I like right back to the start of Bluey when they first kind of published what this show is about. Um, I love the description they use that she's a lovable inexhaustible uh, blue healer, but developing her imagination as well as her mental, physical and emotional resilience. And like, oh, yeah. that's, that's some big ideas right there, but yeah, it's, um, it's kind of, yeah, it comes down, you know, is brought so relatable in each episode. Um, yeah. Doug, do you have a, do you have a favorite on this list of what Bluey's doing to our yeah. <laughs> subconscious? Absolutely. So my work um, before I got to Georgetown here in DC was working with play and mainly in the, the natural world and natural play. And so we focus on this like idea of loose parts play. So mm-hmm. for me, the everyday materials play was really um, my specialty on the piece. And you see this in Flatpak, you see this in the creek when you just start yes. using these yep. found materials and you know, not yeah. really sure what to More do. More mud this on Bandit's face. Like, Absolutely. Such, such Perfect found, found material. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And like, they don't know what to do at the beginning, right? There's just, yeah. what do we do now that we're at the creek? What's the game we're going to play? And Bandit says, you know, just kind of muck about. And so mm-hmm. you finding different ways to use this material that was like from packaging or anything and just watching how deeply kids can play when they don't have a toy with a specific purpose or a specific goal in mind yeah you remove bandit and chili as they're building the swing for the Mm -hmm. porch they don't have adult supervision they go super deep in their play and it just evolves and you kind of see that from the tadpole to like this advanced civilization where bingo takes off evolution of play and how deeply it can get with loose materials is incredible yeah yeah and you see it in parenting so often but then so often you know kids are set a very specific task as well so whenever I see my kids go deep in that just making play with what's around them I'm like oh how can we set this up more often like we need to do this more and there's whole like fields of science devoted to it so yeah. yeah, is are you it's, are you seeing progress being made <laughs> in amidst I, all the very specific toys? I think so. I think 
there's a lot of, you know, products that are out there, even if it's just products at this point, because that's what parents are kind of comfortable with and they're used to. But, you know, you mentioned that you like, how do you set this up for kids? Yeah. I think the bingo episode is really great to like, how can they set it up for themselves and use what's around them to just take it to the next level and just like provide them some of the materials, some of the like inspiration, but then kids can really take it wherever, whatever direction they want. It's probably going to keep their interests a lot more than what we prescribe to them. Uh, okay. Yes. You've called me out there. Back away, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've got this. Aria, Karen what about you? I, I could see you like dying to jump in here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had to like, oh, I have to not respond to everything. Um, my personal favorite is definitely Wagon Ride. Dad, I've got a plan. You're not allowed to stop the wagon and chat to your friends. You have to take us straight to the monkey bars. No stopping. Hmm, interesting plan. I know. How about this plan? I'll do what I want and you don't tell me what to do. No, I don't like that plan. We'll stick with mine, thanks. I love everything about that episode from playing and learning how to be patient and everything like that. But I think that what I really like to hone in on is the system that Bandit creates with Bluey. Mm -hmm. I think that so often there are two polar ends of parenting where one is very, very strict. The kids' opinions and their feelings don't really matter. I'll just do whatever I want. And then the other side where it's like, The kid is everything, what they care about, all their emotions are the most important thing. I need to push aside my emotions for theirs. And I think that Bandit finds this beautiful median with the system that he creates. Mm. First of all, kids do really well with like very distinct instructions. So when you're, when you're waiting and you want us, you want to get my attention, just this is the system that we're going to use. Okay, how about this? If I'm talking to a grown-up and you want me, you just come up and put your hand on my arm. So now I know that you want to talk to me. Then I'll do this to show you that I know you're there and that you want to talk to me. What do you think? Yeah! All right! High five! Ah, I got something in my eye. (laughs) I think that that is a really beautiful way. And also at the end of it, he also talks through the system And he goes, wow, Bluey, that was really good. But next time, if you can just be a little bit more patient, but you did such a good job. I think it's that kind of working with the kid, both validating their feelings, but also making sure you're still the parent. It's just, it's a beautiful episode of parenting. Yeah. and finding a model for the kid as well. I love how Bingo, uh, Bingo then gets brought into that by band of like, look, you know, it's it's just such a boost for Bingo, even though she's not aware of it. Like it, you, you can just see a moment like that being something that really develops the relationship between the sisters too. So, yeah, it's ah, so beautiful. Jasper, my dear, you really must get going. Oh no, our wagon is broken down. How are we going to get to the party? Hey Bingo, I know how you can get Jasmine to a party all time. Come with me. Okay. Great answers, all of you. Uh, This 
this piece you wrote was published in July and a bit like Bluey, uh, it's been, you know, found in all corners of the globe and, um, yeah, in all sorts of places. Have you guys sort of had a favourite place this work has popped up or uh, a, a favourite bit of feedback even? Has anyone come back to you and said, oh, actually, you missed another 20, 30, 100 things that should have been on the list? <laughs> I will say, no, not for me. I will say the space that I uh, am in every day, I think um, unf- I think the people, the, the academics I surround myself with really value this piece or the type of piece this is, which is called, which is a translational science piece. Okay. But all three of us work at, in, in academic, depart- in psychology departments, and that what they value are research papers. So if we had, if we had, we had published like something in our big journal our big journals are like child development and develop they're called like child development developmental psychology but we're we're very lucky because we've deliberately chosen to surround ourselves by mentors who really value translational pieces like this so when we published this we got some really beautiful kind feedback from the folks who we work with daily and from our own mentors um but i will say we're often caught up in our own little like research world and we don't pay attention to like, great, we got that out there. Let's move on to the next one. And we don't take time to appreciate it. So just even hearing you say that, Mary, means a a lot to us. I will say, yeah, Rachel Barr, my mentor, who's from New Zealand, not Australia. uh, She brought it to a collaborator in Australia. So there are like maybe just like messages or like brief ideas of how we can actually look at Bluey as a research project and mm-hmm. looking at like the importance <gasps> of place that Blue, like Bluey just yeah. covers all these really oh, important places completely. and locations. So we'll, you know, stay tuned for that. We'll oh, keep you up to date. Well, what I'm hearing is you guys all need to jump on a plane. I'll meet you Absolutely. in Brisbane. <laughs> Morning, Bandit. Hey, kids. Oh, you're up early. Gotta be done. Awesome. What about you, Aria? <laughs> I really agree with what Molly said. I think that there's this kind of gap between research and application. So often, you know, researchers make these big articles, they're dense, they're hard to get through, and there's no real application to it. Uh, And I really love this kind of work that looks at what are the true applications of the work that we're doing. And I think that what I really enjoyed about our piece was that we took research that is in the academic field and pointed out because Bluey is not specifically, it's not something that is made with educational goals. It's not trying to teach kids mathematics. It's not Mm. trying to do those things. But when you're watching it, it actually is a pretty educational piece, whether that's for parents or for kids. I think that You've talked a lot of times uh, on the podcast about how your kids start playing the bluey games. Yeah. And I think, you know, they start to encourage their imagination, especially during a time where screens have kind of taken over. And bluey, Completely. you know, it's obviously on a screen. But I would love to hope that bluey is something that kids are watching that then they go, actually, let's not watch another episode. Let's not watch something else. It's not staying on the tablet. Let's go play octopus. So I really hope that um, I just, I I love the education through which Bluey takes. Yeah. And I just can just add to that too. And like, I was reading a piece earlier this week about digital play and it talked a lot about, or like the quote was not all media that support learning 
are intentionally educational. And I think that this is a great example where you have a really you know, strong basis in modeling if it's behaviors on parents supporting the play or if it's strategies that children can use to regulate their emotion. Like there are like those tidbits in there and that modeling, because as we talk about in copycat, kids are always paying attention. They're always imitating. And that's how you like start learning. Yeah, completely. I always kind of not roll my eyes, but raise an eyebrow when I hear Joe Brum say, Bluey isn't trying to teach anyone anything. And then talk, you know, how he was deeply researching some, you know, German child development theory that led to this particular episode. I'm like, you do a lot of research for not trying to teach anyone anything, but I I do know what he means. Um, Molly, I loved that translational science term you used, and I'm so happy that you're in teams that appreciate that because, you know, who else loves that is parents, like actual, you know, science-based advice that we can apply and this piece of yours is full of it is amazing but I'd love to get your takes as researchers in this space as well because I think it's something that's amazed me and Kate from the very start and and continues to amaze us that Bluey kind of gently lands these ideas or really models the approaches I guess uh, of parent taking parenting theory to a mass audience like do you do you see a potential game changer here from bluey in a generation of parents changing how they parent i think it's possible i think that (laughs) i think it's possible mary well i'll say that when i um go on twitter or i (laughs) google bluey as you do (laughs) um i will say that I, we're all doing it. I will say that um, I see people in my age bracket, so I'll say late twenties, early mid thirties, late thirties, who are starting to um, start families, and they'll have seen Bluey, and they'll say things like, um, "This is the childhood I wanted. This is um, the childhood I want to create for my children." And so I am seeing a lot of evidence of that online, even if it's just people saying it sort of here and there. But I do believe that there is going to be a cohort of people who are our age here who have seen this show and might make conscious decisions to um, engage in certain parenting practices as a, a potentially as a direct result of the show. But again, Arya actually, so Arya is going to begin grad school. I guarantee, I can almost guarantee that Arya will begin grad school next year. And um, they're very interested in doing a study just like this, Mary, on does Bluey actually change parenting behavior of of this particular generation of parents who oh. watch it? So Arya, why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, uh, I want to make Bluey my PhD thesis. I'm not going to lie. I agree with what Molly is saying. I've heard a lot about that of, oh, I'm going to take this example from Bluey. And I think that what I really love, again, it's that translational science, right? The creator is looking into this science and then applying it into a form that is quite easy to understand. It's entertaining. It's seven minutes. So it's really easy to sit down with your kid and watch it together. It's made for everyone. I think that that's a really, really big point is that Mm. so often, I think, Mary, you've talked on the show is so often children's shows, parents don't want to watch because they are so (laughs) terrible. They're so terrible. And no one wants Mm -hmm. to, like, no adults want to sit through them. And so I think that 
I really hope that we see a shift, not only in parenting, if people, you know, want to take on techniques from Bluey, but a shift in media as well. I think what I really, truly love about Bluey is that it's for the parents, it's for the kids, and it has methods of trying to just put out a kind of idea of a childhood, idea Mm. of parenting. And one thing that I really loved, uh, Kate, the the woman who works on the BBC marketing, I listened to the podcast Uh, of yours the other day. She said something that really struck me. She said that a lot of sugary brands had come and talked to her about putting Bluey on them, like putting Bluey on these like sugary products. And she said, (laughs) no. Uh, We have a duty to our children. We have a duty to our parents to not just stick bluey on everything to make a profit. We have have duty to our children. We have duty to make the next generation. Mm. And I think that that really sat with me going back to Disney Channel, Cartoon Network, and, you know, Nickelodeon. These are channels that were made to permeate the psychology of children just to sell them toys and they didn't care what kind of shows were on as long as children were watching them but having people who are parents who are caring about their own children and the children of the world I think I want to see a big shift in children's media that is like that where they have creators who care about the children they're not just there to make the money and it's been very clear Bluey makes money so oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, it, not that there aren't toys, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so hopefully that encourages a lot more uh, creators to kind of go in the direction of Bluey. The cartoon dog says to put some cardboard down underneath first. I'm not taking advice from a cartoon dog. I love that take. It's a it's a lovely upbeat place to end uh, kind of the the bluey geek out science of our conversation, <laughs> guys. And I've been loving this bluey geek out science conversation. But because uh, you are guests, so I've got to be done. You get to do the fun bit too. Uh, well, that was fun. But the, the extra fun bit, I've got to put you through your paces doing our sometimes slightly rapid fire questions. <laughs> um, okay. So Molly, Doug, Aria, uh Jump in as as your heart tells you. Uh, favorite Bluey character? Bingo. 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 No. We all came with Bingo. Yeah, yeah I think that speaks volumes, Mary. You I have three you. developmental researchers. There's a reason we're all picking Bingo. I will say I'm absolutely astounded by yeah. her ability to just Oh, go ahead. No, no, you okay, go first. No, well, here is a here is a PhD topic right here, but no, you, you go. It's Why true. do we love Bingo? You're going to have to do your, your dissertation on that, are you? I, I think Bingo, I'm at every episode, I'm amazed at how she is able to, um, you know, it's usually Bluey and mom and dad having a conversation. She's like, I'm going to go take a picture of this leaf. Ugh. And she's like, dad, look at how great this leaf is. And that is so just, I really, really admire that. Uh, bingo is life goals. Okay, great answers. Favorite Bluey episode? 
For me, it's Calypso, um, oh. followed closely by Sleepy Time. Again, the music comes in for Calypso. Mm-hmm. There's like a reference to Cezanne's organ symphony. But yep. also, and I mean, it was nice that you thought that science wouldn't come into this, but we're still going to talk science because <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> the way Calypso supports the play among the kids and brings them together and just helps them collaborate and like builds that deeper play that I was talking about earlier, it's incredible. Isn't it gorgeous? Okay. Um who else can narrow it down? <laughs> this oh. is a hard question no matter what. I love so many different episodes for so many different reasons. But as someone who is going into children's media, especially TV and movies, I would have to say movies is one of my favorite because mm-hmm. it truly illustrates how children are affected by what they watch. Oh, uh, completely. When, when Bluey's like, am I being myself? Uh I, I just love that because it's like taking the phrase and trying to apply it to herself, but she doesn't know exactly what, how to fit it into her, her life. And I think that it's just a very cool illustration of the fact that movies, TV, everything that they watch in real life, in media, affects them and affects the way that they grow. Oh. So many levels, completely. <laughs> Molly? I'll say pass the parcel, uh, primarily because I had never seen that game. Not the three of us hadn't seen that game. We don't mm-hmm. do that here in America. But we, I guarantee you that in about two to ten years, lots of kids will be playing pass the parcel here. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's going to be a phenomenon. But I, uh, I, I really like it because you get to see bingos. Um, evolution from being really upset to to kind of gaining that what we call grit and by the end her mom says I think you're getting quite good at losing and she you watch her grow in that episode and it's beautiful it it's great but also that catches me so much I see on the bluey forum so often uh you know so what are the rules to this game like mums and dads trying to implement it at kids parties um in the US and everywhere else uh in Australia we say pass the parcel uh so (laughs) you're taking it to a whole new level with the American pass the parcel pronunciation sorry I Uh, I apologize that's good no it's it can it can grow as it is it takes over the world it Uh, will evolve (laughs) And no, well done, all of you picking, because at the moment um, here in Australia, uh, it's just it's five years of Bluey and um, the ABC in Australia is putting out the challenge uh, to Bluey fans to vote for their top five. And it's going to be uh, like, you know, they're going to do a hottest 100 countdown of Bluey episodes uh, based on the votes. Uh, Kate and I have had long discussions about this uh, and, you know, we can get one, two, three, and then there's a short list of about 20 for four and five. (laughs) Okay. That was not rapid fire by me. Uh, Favorite quote or line uh, from Bluey for you guys? I love checklist. Uh, Have a cry. Pull yourself up. I don't even know it at this point. I honestly was actually. You know the vibe. Yep. I know the vibe. (laughs) Painting, I'm painting a mug at one of those pottery places and uh-huh. on the back, that's what I've put so that whenever oh. I'm drinking my tea, <laughs> I have it, you know. I ruin everything. These things happen, honey. I'll tell you what I do. Bluey, checklist. Oh, okay. I have a little cry. Check. Then I pick myself up. Check. Dust myself off. Check. And keep going. The show must go on. 
The only one of those I know how to do is the crying one. Then just do that one for now. Well, look, one of one of the points in your excellent article was process emotions through play. And yeah, checklist is just the pinnacle of that, isn't it? Yep. Um, Doug? Mine's quick for this one. It's leave them alone. They're just trying to run a small business from Stumpfest. <laughs> I mean, so true. the best. <laughs> I reckon um, also from that one, the optics aren't good on this, boys. <laughs> it's right up there for me as well. The commitment to the play. Uh, oh, it's so good. Okay, Molly. That's a hard act uh, to follow. It, yeah, this is from Sleepy Time. Um, it, the quote is, remember, I'm always here for you, even if you can't see me because I love you. And it's the epitome of what we call a secure base. Um, and sh- you want children, to, you want to give them all their love and you want them to internalize it so that they can go out there and know that you're always with them and they're always safe because they're inside. <laughs> you're, they're always with you. Oh, beautiful. Um, okay, so uh, next one is... Uh, favorite kids TV show as a child? I think you already touched on yours, Ari. Did you have anything to add to that? No, honestly, Cyber Chase for the win. That was. That, I'm going to be looking that, that up now. Cyber I Chase. haven't heard of it, but I'm all about <laughs> maths programming. So sounds great, Doug. <laughs> Mine was Blues Clues, which is a high quality educational oh. show, actually on Nickelodeon here. Very good. Okay. Yes. No, that did make it to Australia, and also to many memes about. Each generation getting a blue dog, uh, which you guys might have yes, seen. I've seen those. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes, we've seen that. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Molly. <laughs> um, I, too, was a giant PBS child. Mm-hmm. And Arthur. I don't know. Have uh, you seen Arthur? Uh, okay, Arthur's, good. Yes. Arthur is good. big and beautiful here. And, um, yeah, I think DW continues to be life goals for me, much like Bingo. <laughs> That is I just saw lady I just who knows saw, what she wants. <laughs> yeah, I just saw something that she became a police officer or something. Oh, Maybe okay, that was yeah. like a future mm. prediction or something, but I was like, that definitely fits with DW's <laughs> personality. <laughs> so good. Um, have you guys, uh, you know, so often like yeah, Kate and I spent whole episodes talking about, you know, the, the four real life moments in our lives that relate back to Bluey. Have you had four real life Bluey moments in your lives? <laughs> With small people think, or big ones? Yeah. I When I watched Charades for the first time, um, I felt like I was back in my childhood with both of my grandmothers because Aww. there's a point where they where Nana takes them into the bedroom and she says, at Nana's house, there's only one rule. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets what they want. <laughs> and that really tracks with both my experiences because when I even when I spend time with my one grandmother who I'm lucky to still have in my life – you always get spoiled and I just mm. see grandmothers always spoiling their grandkids and it's just so true. Oh. Um, Doug. Yeah. So I'm going back to the Creek. Um, mm-hmm. So I worked at this nature camp in my hometown and there was one day that one of the counselors created what he said called the mud Olympics. And so for me getting like super dirty at the nature camp and then having to sit in your dirty clothes the rest of the day was not ideal, but I had to come and we did a river walk and we were looking mm-hmm. for, you know, wobbly ones and all of that kind of thing. But before we got in, we got as dirty as possible. So I looked at the kids. They looked at me. So I got my nice, bright pink uniform shirt completely covered in the muck. And uh-huh. it was just <laughs> incredible. We just mucked yeah. about and then we went in the river. So it was wonderful. Uh, yeah. Okay. That is the stuff of lifetime memories for sure. Aria? <laughs> yeah. I think that. Honestly, yoga ball, I think that sometimes mm-hmm. as a kid, 
Um, I didn't know how to speak up about boundaries. And I think that seeing a show, because like sometimes, you know, sometimes people would play, you know, a little too rough with me and I didn't know how to verbalize that. And so it's kind of like a real life moment, but not. Um, I think that that's really important. And even now I'm seeing a lot of kids online singing. I know there's a boundary song now uh, (laughs) that kids are singing. And I think it's really important to just tell kids that their feelings matter. I think that that's just really beautiful. And I don't know if I really grew up with that kind of you know, you just got to suck it up and that's okay. And sometimes that's good, but mm. sometimes, you know, you got to find that really good balance. So I think that yoga ball, I think that, that, that those moments. Oh, that's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. Um, okay. This hasn't been very rapid fire. Last question. And it's probably going to be a blowout as well. Do, from each of you, what's a bit of psychological smarts or developmental theory that you haven't seen in an episode yet and you'd love to see Bluey dive into? Yeah, I can go first. So um, we study what we call guided play in our lab. And so when you think about um, free play, that's kids off by themselves, super important for development, right? And then when we think about it in an education setting, though, Free play happens in the classroom, right, especially in the younger grades. And then you have direct instruction where kids sit in desks all day and they watch a teacher. Um, What we have and what we're trying to promote across the country here in this big Lego Foundation study um, is what we call guided play. And so this is when a teacher or an adult or a parent um, sets up a learning goal that they kind of want the child to stumble into. And so you kind of set the scene ah, okay. for the child to learn the goal. But they have agency. It's an act. It's active. It's engaging. It's meaningful to the child. Mm. And so we're really, we really want to um, foster that in in our educators. Here is guided play. And so I'd love to see an episode where. And I think Calypso often probably in uh, scenes we don't see fosters guided play but i would love to i know she does i know she does oh she's rocking i'd it. love yep. she's rocking it but i'd love to see an episode of that kind of guided play in in that play what we call that play spectrum okay cool <sighs> take notes bluey i'm i'm sure they're raring to go <laughs> doug yeah so my work currently is looking at learning through media and other interactions and one of the interactions that we're focusing on is caregivers with their children while sharing a screen experience okay. and so we call that joint media engagement we know chile and banda are great models so i'd love to see them model these behaviors because if you're watching a show with your child it can be daunting to know what kinds of things to talk about are you going to interrupt the story what kinds of questions and the two of them can show us all the ways that you can make mistakes and it still is going to be okay so I'd love okay. to see joint media engagement. Ah, so is uh, an example of that where you're sitting there crying over Bluey and your child is wondering what's going on because uh, just asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, the back and forth. So if they start crying too and you have that okay. warm connection or you start asking them what's going on, then okay. you have that yep. back and forth and you're engaging jointly. Good. Okay, cool. I'll work on that. Uh, Aria? <laughs> yeah, Uh I am someone who's also very interested in encouraging children to explore or engage with STEM subjects. So Mm -hmm. honestly, I would love to see just that kind of STEM curiosity more. They have some throughout, I think with the Creek, that's a really great example of like seeing wildlife, 
but I would really love to see, you know, either Calypso leading an experiment or even just, there are so many moments on Bluey when they ask, why is this? Are we made of atoms? Are we dis? Yeah. I just, what are the answers? <laughs> just Where having a moment. Where come from? Yeah. <laughs> Where the rocks come from? Uh, I love those questions. So just kind of having a more guided, maybe the kids ask a question and they explore together. Maybe they go to the library and explore. Mm. Things like that. I think that that would be really cool. Okay. I love it all. Um, I have loved this chat. It's been so nice to have uh, you three in the wagon. I will share the link to uh, your excellent conversation piece so every parent can get that uh, translated science straight into their homes. Um, But, yeah, look, thank you so much, uh, Aria, Doug and Molly, for joining us on Got to Be Done. Thank you so much, Mary. This was a dream come true, Mary. Thank you so much. (laughs) I'm not kidding. Truly amazing. Uh, thank you, Dr. Lady. <laughs> I love the new term, Dr. Lady. <laughs> you have to be the bravest you've ever been. Okay, I'll be the bravest I've ever been. Good night, Polly. <laughs> it's okay, Indy. We'll take good care of her. She's asleep. Hello, Dr. Ladies. You sell crutches. No!